Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. the 1st of January. How are you feeling, listener? Welcome to the Progressive Britain Podcast New Year Special, easing you into 2019. I'm Connor Pope and I'm joined by Progress Chair Alison McGovern and Deputy Director Stephanie Lloyd. I'm not sure any of us can quite deal with the unwieldy unpredictability of the coming 12 months just yet. So instead, we're going to be looking at some of the positive things to come out of 2018. Hopefully, it will give us a bit of inspiration for the year ahead and maybe you too. Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Have we got any New Year's resolutions? Welcome to 2019. Let's hope it's not as shit as 2018. (laughs) Great. We're just starting 2019 with an explicit content rating on iTunes. (laughs) Is that, do we really get it for shit? If you keep saying it, I presume so. (laughs) Shit. Great. Cool. It's New Year's Day. I'm throwing caution to the wind. You really are. Well, indeed. Um, Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Presumably not giving up swearing <laughs> no not in this uh, no 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 okay no me neither cool that is some uh i mean new year's small- resolutions like on pick the unholy mess that is brexit i guess would be yeah. cheerful nice yeah. that's 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 the good small talk we were after there Alison. yeah <laughs> and also learn to juggle <laughs> that was a joke that was a joke i can already juggle that's, that's, why. that's why it was a joke as we've seen no connor wouldn't let us juggle yeah, I've, I was going to get you to juggle on the Christmas Eve podcast that we've not yet recorded because right. this is still actually last year. Uh, now my phone's going off. This is just like, it's New Year's Day. We're all a bit disorganised. Yeah, I mean, who's not, who's not feeling I mean, a bit fragile and disorganised yeah, on New Year's Day? Let's get to 2020. This, this year's clearly a rise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to concentrate on some of the positives this year. Um, good stuff that actually did happen. Um, in 2018 in 2018 the stuff that wasn't shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alison would you like to tell us about the 209 women portrait project that I know you've been heavily involved in I thought this would be a nice thing to kind of start on definitely not poor 209 women very very good in fact an excellent project so in 2018 I had this kind of uh, interesting moment where I was contacted by a photographer, Hilary Wood, um, to say, could she come and photograph me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she was thinking about basically a project to do with 
with politicians. And so she thought um, she would come and photograph me because I'm chair of the art committee. And she came up to the Wirral and she she was taking my portrait. And as we're having this conversation to do with like having your photograph taken, I kind of did my normal politicians like what Ashwin, my other half, calls rictus grin. <laughs> like basically that kind of like politician smile that's like completely bland, that drains all emotion, feeling and personality from your face so that you look like the most important thing that a politician should be, which is inoffensive. So I'm like doing this and Hillary's sort of like saying to me, like, just relax. And I was saying to her, like, it's very difficult having your picture taken as a politician because um, people have all kinds of assumptions about what politicians should look like. And as a woman, that's the first problem you face, right? You don't look like a politician. So people try and communicate some some sort of like politician-like attributes, you know, whether it's like authority or calmness or whatever. And so you often don't get much of their personality because you get that kind of bland politician face. And Hillary was talking to me about how interesting that was and how there's a lot of work in the field of photography, understanding why um, it's dominated by men and what that does to the image of women. Because you basically, when you always have a man behind the camera, this is probably a rather longer explanation than you actually want <laughs> no, to. No, no, no. When you always have a man behind the camera, you get a certain version of the world. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people think that a way to change the version of the world, the narrative we tell ourselves in our head is to change the images that we're surrounded by. And that's very true in Westminster where we're surrounded by pictures of men. Anyway, throughout this whole conversation, Hillary came up with this idea of having 209 women photographers take portraits of the 209 women MPs. And she came to see me in Westminster and we talked about whether we could put on an exhibition doing that and I thought that it'd be quite a big thing quite a big ask because 209 is quite a big number mm. uh just ask Jacob Rees-Mogg <laughs> and um he can't even get to 48 mm. yeah well they couldn't then they could then anyway <laughs> but um so so through a huge huge amount of work um this collective of 209 women photographers was formed and they set off around the country to take all these portraits of women MPs. And it's up now in the House of Commons and people can go and see it in 2019 till February. It opened on December the 14th, which was the um, 100th anniversary of the first women voting in the UK. And it'll be until February and it's beautiful. And the pictures are amazing. So it's in the public bit in, in yeah. Portcullis House. The first floor of Portcullis House. If you go to see a select committee or you go to a meeting in Portcullis House, it's on that floor where you go to. So if anyone wants to come in and see And it, you can just come in as well. That's not the bit where you need to be with someone that's a no, pass no, holder no, or anything. Just, so. You can just come in. There is a way that you can get a ticket for it on uh, Parliament's website. That's just to ease your, that's mm. just ease people in. Um, but if people, oh, we'll stick a link to that in this podcast. Yeah, so let's do that. Do but that. it's, so it's, it's, and that's like just to help get through security basically. But if people want to come in and see it, they can. And it's also, it's going to Liverpool to the Open Eye Gallery um, after it's been here. And I imagine it will go other places as well because oh, it's got some really good coverage. So people can also see the pictures online. So we'll stick that as well on the, on the podcast. It's but so cool. They are amazing. I had a proper look around the other day. And um, no, it was, it was just beautiful. Who's I your favourite? Well, I did love your first album cover, which was your picture. <laughs> it's kind of moody. <laughs> that was looking moody in the Wirral. Yeah. Which yeah. It felt right. It felt right that that's what it was. But... I've had a bad few years, one thing or another. I mean, 
won a general election on the one hand. You did, but My no. country looking like it's going to crash out of the European Union on the other. You know? Actually, um, what I quite liked about that picture is that during the general election, when I came up to uh, campaign for you, um, every now and then we would have a game of football just, just by the river. Yeah, it was just literally by that spot just by where, there. Yeah, yeah. that was... Um, but yeah, who were your favourites other than Alison's Moody River pose? Uh, who else were my favourites? I loved Liz Kendall's. It was just, oh, so oh I mean, she just looks fabulous. I mean, I always think she looks fabulous, but that was next level. Yeah, and the, the thing about that is that it's objectively a good portrait, mm. but also so many of the pictures of Liz that you see are ones like I was describing before, sort of like politician photographs. That is the first photograph really that I've seen of Liz where that's the Liz Kendall I know. Yeah. Mm. I was I was slightly disappointed that the no one opted for the moodly pointing at a pothole, but I guess that would be kind of beside the point. Um, there are some quite moving ones though. So the one of Paula Sheriff is her with a whole bunch of women, yeah. And like you almost can't tell who the MP is if you don't know which one's Paula Sheriff. You might not even know. But to me, that says something about the women's movement. And the whole point about the exhibition, right, is that the suffragette movement. The suffrage campaign was a collective. It was, it wasn't just one heroic woman. It was a whole host of women. And that's the message really, that it takes a whole host of women to change things. And here they are in their glorious variety. It's absolutely brilliant. You can see all the pictures online as well. We'll stick a link to that in there as well. On a, a similar topic, um, I did want to ask about the parliamentary football team that both of you are in. Who uh, are? Um, well, you caused think, more controversy this year than I did. I think that launched, It's been good though, hasn't it? It's been great. That launched this year though, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I definitely joined this year, so... Yeah, no, I think <laughs> Therefore I think it started. Year. I think it's this year. If not, it was the very, very tail end of... 2017 but so it's like this is the first proper yeah. year of it and that's I'm, I'm pretty sure it didn't start till 2018 yeah and we but, know a lot about our own team yeah, yeah ba- and ba- basically it started because there's been a men's football team in parliament forever and woman joe tanner who used to be a, a tory advisor thought there should be an active women's version and so she just kind of said is anyone else interested and like it's open to anybody um, who who works in sort of Westminster, really, any sort of parliamentary pass holders or whatever. So it is, you know, the MPs who 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 were there a lot, but you know, it's been really good, I think, for getting people together. Mm. It's great fun, like you know, literally from from all different parts of Parliament. Like there's such a good mix of people that you'd never quite, you know, that you. Would, I mean, I, d- I never thought I'd play football with Tracy Crouch. Good fun though. <laughs> yeah. Hannah Bardell, yeah. very good. Yeah, Hannah Bardell. Very amazing. good. So Hannah Bardell was the one who actually... Did the keepy up in... Yeah, she, she's the one whose football skills that most of us may have actually seen. Yeah, because, in the chamber. Yeah, because... Well, that went know, down well. Uh, <laughs> when we weren't really supposed to be there. But anyway, never mind. We all, you've was, all apologised. There was a, a very sincere kinda. and heartfelt apology to that and... Uh, but we're allowed so, to laugh about it because we didn't get in trouble. But right. <laughs> you're not allowed we don't to do it. <laughs> so, so basically what happened was it's so like true to form. Tracy, you know, basically very, very quickly wrote a long and very apologetic uh, letter to John Burko. I sort of like sent him a message saying, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but basically thinking Tracy had, had covered it. And Hannah Bardell was like, I'm not apologising. She was like, no. <laughs> and I remember they was like, maybe we should take all the photos offline. She was like, nah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> not going to do and it. Then, and then um, I think she has written to him with an explanation. Right. <laughs> but in the end, you know, 
the main the main point she's is sorry if it caused offense <laughs> <laughs> but in the end the main point is there's women all over the country it's not really about what happened in the house mm. of commons chamber even though that was quite funny it was it's mainly about the fact that there's women all over the country who are saying that they want to be physically active they are not going to do so in a way that is portraying a particular version of body perfectionism they're going to do so in a way that works for them in a way that they're having fun and it's not about like looking like you know what historically women have been told they're supposed to look like when they're doing physical activity we're going to do it in our own way and that's what the mp's football team is about and that's mm. what a lot of women are doing we're gonna have our first game this year in 2019 because it had to be called off in 2018 so that's yeah, gonna be great yeah there was a couple more things that happened in parliament that weren't really about legislation and laws that i wanted to cover before we take a break um one of them was uh, actually the number of babies in Parliament this year. Oh, is f- crawling like, with babies, we it are. It felt like crawling. A, a culture change. Massive. I mean, they first of all, people were allowed to bring them through when voting, mm. which was a big change. When Rhea, my daughter, was little, I wasn't allowed to do that. She had to sit in the whip's office, which was like not always the best. Um, so first of all, we took them through when people were voting. Then, you know, people just started sort of like taking, especially people who are breastfeeding, like just taking them in in a carrier. Um, and I think it's really cool. Everybody really likes it when there's kids around because I think, firstly, people are just better behaved generally. Also, <laughs> also, it is the point of the place, right? Mm-hmm. I think most people, whatever point of view they come at it from, think that they're doing something to hand the country on to the next generation in mm. you know a better state than we received it. And so the kids are kind of like the point. Yeah. So it's... The reminder of that, that I think. But I think so and th- also babies are cute. <laughs> they are cute. But we had Darren Jones on the podcast earlier this year. He was talking about it. But uh, Joe Swinson, I know, I think brought a baby. There was there was something that she did that was new about it all a couple of months ago. I can't quite remember. Yeah, I think in the chamber. Connor's knowledge of babies, somewhat oh, yeah. limited. Yeah. Oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another thing that happened in the chamber was um, last month, I think, Lloyd Russell Moyle, uh, talking openly about his not when he stole the not when he stole the maze <laughs> yeah. a week before that where he spoke openly about uh having been hiv positive yeah for i think a decade and he was the first mp to have said that while serving in the house of commons and he's the first person to ever mention it in the chamber as well and you know yeah for obviously the stuff that i do with lgbt labor outside of all of this like it was it was an un it is it is impossible to kind of say just how big a moment that was for so many people when you look back to not long ago the level of stigma that still exists around it but certainly how it used to be the idea that an mp you know is is still quite new that people can even stand up and, and quite proudly talk about their sexuality but then to also talk about um HRV and awareness in in the way that he did was so unbelievably brave and, um, and, and it know, was very powerful you know with a, a lot of um issues like like this you know i think there'll always be like the conservative small c conservative elements who think oh goodness you know what what's all this about but the people who really really matter are the families that lloyd will never meet never know the names of mm. who've lived with um condition for some time and have gone through that journey who will have you know internalized that shame and that stigma and him taking that action will give them a release from that in a way that like it's really crucial to people they've got to know that there's no stigma and nobody needs to be ashamed this was i mean i was at, um i was at one of the hrb 
uh, awareness kind of receptions that, that marked that time and World AIDS Day receptions. And it is, there was, there was some unbelievably powerful speeches from uh, one of the councillors, one of the uh, new Labour councillors of this year, a guy called Philip Normal in Lambeth. And they, uh, you know, him and his colleague, they, they spoke about, and it's, I think that was a generation of people who lost like, and we always say in the LGBT community, like you've got your family, but then you've also got your LGBT kind of family in that sense. And it's like, there were people who literally lost their whole families to to AIDS and the kind of, you know, the, the horrendous way that they were treated, ignored by the state, given no support. And we've done a huge amount actually this year in terms of um, advocating for PrEP. Um, and we've done quite a lot of campaigning with some really, really good uh, campaigners on that in terms of making sure that people have access because this doesn't even have to exist anywhere. Like it, it can be totally prevented now. And it's just about ensuring that we need to make sure uh, in 2019 that the government actually funds that properly. It's just, um, and we it's can just literally a, get rid of it. That's yeah. the thing is we already have the power yeah. to completely stop HIV from being caught in any way, shape or form. The drugs that they've invented in PrEP are over 99% effective. They stopped the trial because it was just so good and we're still not funding it properly. So there's been an amazing amount of work on it in 2018, but 2019 hopefully is where we get the point where we can we can just end this once and for all. Absolutely. We need to take a short break there, but we'll be talking more about exactly those kind of campaigns just after this. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Back last January, remember that, um, <laughs> a new pro-EU campaign launched in the Labour Party called Labour Say, which at Progress, we were quite heavily involved in. Steph, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that kind of, the start of that campaign was? Yeah, so the start of that campaign really focused around um, lots of the NEC elections that happened last year. But the, the whole purpose of what it was, was a group of activists who said, at the 2017 conference, we didn't debate Brexit as a party. It was the biggest issue facing the country and we kind of turned our back away from it. It was too difficult, too divisive. We weren't going to debate it. And the start of Labour Say was really about making sure that at our, you know, democratic conference where we are proud to say that it's Labour members that set the policy for what we do, that we have that 
discussion and debate on Brexit. And we really, you know, they were fantastic in pushing that kind of really far into the forefront um, of what people do. And they built coalitions with groups all across the Labour family um, in terms of making sure that we did get that vote at conference. Because I remember back last January in episode 14 of this podcast, we said that 2018 would be the year of the Brexit, essentially the year where Brexit was decided and we would know what it would look like. Well, that worked out, didn't it? Yeah, we got that one completely <laughs> wrong. It still feels like, we're, in that sense, we're no nearer to knowing actually... We are, we are a bit in the sense of we know what the Prime Minister is proposing. The problem is that what the Prime Minister is proposing has like got uncertainty like running through it like, yeah. you know, a stick of rock. So in we're, we're not really actually further on in dealing with it, which is why I think a lot of people are concluding that like the best way to kind of get out of the Brexit cul-de-sac is to have another vote on it, which I would have said at the beginning of 2018, when, you know, we really thought the challenge was to get the Labour Party to sign up to the principles of the single market, including freedom of movement, so that we could get full participation of the single mar- in the single market agreed at conference, which we did do. I thought the big challenge was going to be um, the Tories advocating kind of hard Brexit and making sure that Labour didn't advocate a hard Brexit. Mm. Whereas the Tories have come in looking like they want a kind of softer Brexit. Um, Labour having actually signed up to full participation in the single market if we were negotiating the deal. And then a lot of people thinking, but actually, like now we know more about what this involves. Either they've changed their mind or they think that you know, if they voted Remain the first time, thinking that actually the arguments for being in the European Union are probably stronger, having gone through this process of understanding what it would do to us to leave. So we are much further on than I thought we were going to be. If you'd have said to me, basically, a year ago, we will be talking about whether or not we should have another vote um, and try and stay in this stay in the European Union, I'd have I'd have taken that with both hands. Yeah. And that's very much where Labour say is gone now with the campaign. Obviously post conference was it was about making sure that we had that vote. Yeah. Because having had our Labour say at conference, mm-hmm. we'd quite like some more <laughs> Labour say. We would like to say more things. Because of course um the campaign worked quite well with um the Labour campaign for the single market, which Alison you'd launched in 2017. And actually what the success of Labour say getting getting that vote at conference meant is actually, I think, the success of the Labour campaign for the single market. I mean, given that the 2017 manifesto had committed us to leaving the single market and ending freedom yeah, of movement. and exactly. That's the main point, right? Freedom of movement. So people were really hung up on the idea that the referendum was all about freedom of movement and that that had to go. And that was in our 2017 manifesto. And I would say, hand on heart, if I look at our 2017 manifesto, there's stuff in there that I think is really, really brilliant and, you know, represents a whole body of work for a long time, like childcare, for example. There's stuff in there that I think, like the tuition fees stuff that I think that's really expensive and we haven't got a lot of detail on how we would do that and what the outcomes would be. There's one sentence in it that is pinned on my notice board in my office, which is the opening phrase of the immigration section, which says that freedom of movement will end when we leave the European Union. And I don't think we should have to leave the European Union and I don't think freedom of movement should end. And that's where I think the Labour Party's policy has got to move on in 2019. But importantly, I think the the motion that was passed at conference this uh, in 2018... Oh, it's a massive step. It, well, it, it committed us to p- full participation uh, in the single market, which 
sounds a lot like membership of the single market to me. It does, doesn't it? And it also condemns Theresa May's uh, proposed Brexit, her withdrawal agreement for ending freedom of movement. And it seems an odd thing to do to condemn <laughs> a policy that someone else has if you're also going to have the same policy. So to exactly. me, that... that exactly. It's not much reading between the lines. No. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's the challenge of 2019. And I would say to everyone who considers themselves to be a progressive, simple question. Do you think that a young person growing up in Barnsley or Ashfield or Oldham or Rotherham deserves the chance, if they want to, to go and live, study and travel anywhere in the European Union without bureaucracy or admin or hassle? And I really do. And I think it's about time we made that case. Absolutely. Another campaign that was completely successful this year was um, Steve Reed, Labour MP's campaign on something called Shenny's Law, um, which is around the safeguards and the restrictions on using uh, force in mental health services. We did a podcast on this earlier in the year, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, and it's something that Progress has been trying to um, support Steve in this campaign uh, is named after a, a guy called Chenny who died in a, a mental health service after being physically restrained. We did do a podcast on it. We did a, a full day guest editorial where Steve took over the website to promote the campaign. Uh, it was voted on back in June in Parliament, I think, and gave became, uh, was given royal assent and became law in November. That was a fantastic um, campaign, which I think we highlighted on last year's look ahead podcast as well so it was something that has been a long time coming and that was absolutely fantastic two more labor mps stella creasy and Colin mcginn also had a campaign this year around access to abortion in northern ireland and um, they put forward an amendment to the northern ireland bill uh, which increased parliamentary oversight on the northern ireland secretary to ensure that laws there are human rights compatible, which um, should be a given. You would think so, but but this was but isn't. But this was around the the fact that uh, well, abortion is still illegal in Northern Ireland. This has been something that's been ramping up for quite a while. Yeah, it definitely has been, and it's really important. And there, there was lots of debate around this issue about the fact that it should be Northern Ireland and the Assembly there that decides what these laws are. But we know that there's not been a functioning parliament there for over well over a year now. Yeah, yeah. So it gets to the point where it's like, how long can you leave these women without the basic human rights that they deserve? Um, and also, it was fantastic, they also did really highlighted the issue that uh, Northern Ireland is the only place in the UK and also then the island of Ireland where you cannot... Um, where you can't get married as well if you're uh, if you're you can't have uh, equal marriage if you're gay. So it was an amazing amount of work from from both of those two, like such strong advocates for for these issues, and they've really pushed them forwards. And it's it is really important, I think, particularly when you're in opposition, to see the power that kind of real campaigning MPs like Stella and Connor have to really still make change, and that you can't just kind of sit back and go, well, everything's crap. Um, it's really about going forwards and, and trying to do everything you can uh, for those people. And then obviously we had the repeal referendum uh, in the Republic of Ireland as well, which was, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, you know, this we, we've spoken about this before on the podcast as well, but, you know, when when equal marriage went through in, in the Republic, it was, I mean, it was unbelievable to kind of sit and watch, but abortion, even more a divisive issue, Um in terms of how that works. And it was just amazing to see 
such a broad coalition of people come together and to have have that kind of affirmation really that this is the right thing and that people are you know people do care about the rights that other people have and yeah it was um those were pretty special moments in what have been a slightly terrifying year because we all we, we all thought that it would be quite close as well that mm. referendum and it wasn't in the end it was about 66 percent yeah. for yes uh, and so that was a, a really remarkable moment um another big victory in ireland this year was uh michael d higgins the the socialist being re-elected as president um you know, a broad socialist also won in Spain this year. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but we'll, we'll take the, we'll take the ones we can get. Yeah. Another more kind of um, campaign closer to home that actually was a really big success in its own way was getting the Labour Party to adopt the full uh, International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of mm. anti-Semitism into into its structures. Obviously, it came at the end of uh, what felt like a quite long and depressing some of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. But that really was important, wasn't it? And it, it actually, it didn't look likely for a long time. No, it was, it was hugely important. And as you say, it was after a summer of kind of story after story of people kind of, you know, speaking out about the anti-Semitism that they're facing in the party. And, you know, the Jewish Labour movement did the most amazing work around this in really highlighting this issue. I mean, we saw the kind of campaign, the the kind of protest outside of Parliament, which was unprecedented in terms of its in terms of its work. But you know, it was one of those things where you know we you know we as Progress have been kind of very outspoken on this, and and rightly so in terms of standing with our our Jewish comrades in that sense. And it's this is we are the we are the anti racist party, and this has been an absolute stain and shame on the party in terms of how it's going. And, and the thing was, that was that was the minimum amount that they had to do in order to start to restore faith. And they did it and they did it without those caveats in the end. And it was, you know, it was, it was so important to ensure that that, that that went through and that started to rebuild some of the trust that we could have with the Jewish community. But I think, you know, 2019, the Labour Party has to really continue that work. And it's kind of starting to make strides in some of that, but it has to be quicker and it has to be better. Um, but it was also something that that Richard, who was our director through 2018, really led on. Um, and we were all kind of, you know, we were all very proud of, of how much he stood up for for the kind of Jewish people in the party and, and really led that in terms of making sure that uh, the Labour Party was doing the right thing by its Jewish members. Uh, finally, predictions for 2019. So I want you to give two predictions. The first is, will Britain... Please don't ask me if Liverpool are going to win the league because I'll just like die of like unable to control my own emotions about it. That's the second prediction. Firstly, will will Britain still be in the EU on March 30th? But that's even year? worse. What's your answer? Oh, I just, I'm going to do everything I possibly can. I mean, I hope so. Otherwise, you know, they're literally preparing for troops on the streets. So <laughs> I think for the country, it would probably be best if they at least extended it until they sort it out. Okay, you both want that to happen. Right? Yeah. Thanks for that. It's really hard to make predictions about something that you really, really, really want to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. On that, on that note, will Liverpool win the league this year, Alison? Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> no, it's not fair. And, and we, we might. I really want us to. <laughs> When was the last time you won the league? Not sure you're really getting the hang of these predictions. When was the last time? Liverpool won the league. 1988. There we go. I was curious. That was just a genuine question. You looked at me quite pointedly there. I was like, just ask him. A long time ago. Just ask him. 
Do I want Liverpool to win the league? No, no. Do of course you, think, you do. Do you think they'll win the league? This is you, Why would I have course Have you guys not, not come across Spurs predictions fan. before? <laughs> because it would make me happy, Steph. But Spurs winning would make me happier. Although both of my housemates are also Liverpool fans. So, uh, great, to be honest, the greatest number, come on. To be honest, I think they probably will. And Slash, it would make my life so much easier if they did. All right. Um, I think Connor. That's- what do you think? I think we'll still be in the EU on March 30th. Well, whether that'll be an extension of Article 50 or because uh, it's all been overturned, I don't know. Probably the former. And I don't, on balance, think that Liverpool will win the league. Who do you think will? I think I think Man City probably will. That's all we have time for. Happy, happy New Year to all of our listeners. Apologies to Alison. We'll be back on Friday with an extra show as normal. been listening to the progressive britain podcast the music was when in the west by blue dot sessions licensed under creative commons and many thanks to the brilliant caroline crampton who produced this podcast mm-hmm.